Welcome everyone to another episode of Galactic Ambition, a Star Wars Unlimited podcast, part of the Main Deck Podcast family. I'm Dan. And I'm Jason. And did you know that my World of Warcraft character was named Ambition? No, I had no idea. Yeah, Isn't I know, that actually, crazy? I did know that. And I, I was naming this podcast. I thought, I really need to reference Jason Toro's Star, Star Wars War, World of Warcraft character. Yeah, I figured that was a really lofty kind of goal to go after. And I figured you did that as kind of like an Easter egg for me as your friend. Yeah. So I definitely appreciate that. But how's everything going with you? We just had some holidays. We did just have some holidays. Um, I slept more than six hours a night for a record number of nights in a row. So that was really cool. But now oh. I am back to the grind. How was your holiday, Jason? Uh, about the same. Um, I, <laughs> Without giving too much information away about myself, I work in retail. I manage a grocery store. And this time of the year is insane for us. So um, we're finally on the other side of it. But my grocery store I run is also a health food store. So now we're into the new year, new me, everyone's resolution. Oh, so people yes. want kale. Lots of kale. <laughs> we um, need and, kale. And, and supplements and vitamins. So we're doing that. So it's been really good, but we're kind of back into it. Um, I kind of talked about it. So real quick, do you have a New Year resolution that you want to share with everybody? Because I have one. Oh, well, that, so, uh, you didn't. So you totally surprised me here. Uh, yeah. New Year's resolution. Um, my, my New Year's resolution is well no I do I do have one I do have a new year's resolution it's relevant to all of our listeners as well audience by the way comment with your new year's resolution if you have one especially if it's TCG related yeah my new year's resolution is to always get out these podcasts every 2 weeks to you guys that's that's to me that's one of the most important things this year as we started this initiative and I'm going to darn it I'm going to make it happen well, sick. We're two for two so far, barring any unforeseen for, uh, circumstances. You know, everything goes on. Um, for me, it's to make the time to play the games I talk about. Um, I do a lot oh, of a running one. stuff, and which actually lends to our topic today of organized play. You and I have a pretty robust background in running these things and making sure events go smoothly. So my trading card game-esque revolution would be to act, or resolution would be to play the games I talk about rather than just sit there and just talk about them and pine pine for the times when i used to sleeve cards up yeah i that you know i hear that happens to a lot of content creators unfortunately is that you spend so much time creating content you don't have you don't have time to play that happened to me when i was judging too i know i yeah. know that happened to you too yeah, judging that's that's where i'm at right now i, I help and, and organize so many things in the local level it's like you get tired and you want to actually get in there and do it you want to help and, and grow everything but also it's like dang it what I, I want to get in on this. So that's kind of like my resolution is to really get in there and focus on time to play it while growing my community. I think I need to find a balance to do both. I, uh, I agree. I am worried with Star Wars Unlimited coming and with some other games on the, on the slate for this year. I'm worried that I'm going to lose my time a little bit to play uh, some of these games. And I guarantee I won't be able to commit all of the time I want to to eat to every game come. I love so many TCGs right now. It's such a good, such a that's good, a good time thing, for right? TCGs. Like that's yeah. a good thing to say. Like, uh, and what we're kind of in almost like a renaissance of the TCG genre, yeah. especially uh, post pandemic. Um, and I know that's kind of like cliche, but seriously, things are really starting to pick back up in the TCG space, um, not just with Star Wars all around. So I think um, you're exactly right. 
making sure we could find that time to embrace everything while we're in this kind of golden age of there's always something and there's something there for everybody to do and want to do. So um, looking forward to that and looking forward to actually getting there and um, playing and, and doing everything we need to do and, and going out there and going 0-3 with whatever Jenk yeah. I decide to build <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the <exactly>. classic. <laughs> that's yeah. the classic. Hey, if you know, if you don't know how to play the game, you judge the game. That's, yeah, that's th- what those I always, who that's... can't do teach. And that's yeah, what I exactly. always say. And it's funny because I'm like, Oh yeah, I can know every rule. doesn't mean I don't know when to take my foot off the gas or anything. I just know how it should work. It doesn't mean I'm going to follow it. It's just like, Oh, yeah, go, I, go. I know go. how There's the my... rules work. And, and when it. we get into latter episodes too especially as we start delving to more cards on our play styles uh, i think everyone will quickly learn that i, I kind of just have one um I'm, I, there's just, no um it's aggro i'm, I'm a big just aggro, aggro guy just oh, yeah, i i want to hurt somebody we have the like, we in have the, the scope of a game like well, not in real life it depends yeah oh yeah <laughs> no, yeah for sure for sure but you know the I, you're gonna we have we have the aggression sabine player already locked in on this mm-hmm. podcast give me whatever is, i could just turn sideways and I'm, I'm off to the races. Like a, a wonderful contrast with me, since I'm likely going to be very, very control oriented. I'm already eyeing all these control builds. Like, I think that's where I need to be. Um, so that's going to be really fun. Now, as far as whether or not we go 0-3, I do want to point out one thing. So, um, I ju- because we didn't really get to talk about this too much in the first episode, but with Galactic Ambition, the, the real reason, we're bringing it around, the real reason that we named this podcast Galactic Ambition is because, not just because it's the name of a card in the set. It is the name of a card in the set. It's a really fun right. card, too. Like, like I can, like can I'm expecting down the line to be a sweet card. But because in the organized play for this game, the World Championship is called the Galactic Championship. And so I liked the idea of having a podcast where, you know, you and I are going to, we're going to, we're going to play when we can. Um, and we, I think you and I still, when we play, we strive to win. Like that's, uh, that's Absolutely. the case with a lot of TCG players. It's, it's, you know, I think there are a lot of TCG players who are just like, I don't really care. I just like to sling the cards, but, um, whether or not we've put up that performance all the time, you and I are players who, when playing TCGs, we are interested in winning the game. Um, and we are interested in playing decks that win games. Um, and I'd like to see if the two of us can have that ambition have that galactic ambition to reach the galactic championship. Yeah, um, I agree. And in short order, I'm, I'm going to mess you up. Whoever you are, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm no, going to play uh, against but, you. I'm, I'm going to destroy you. Yeah. And if I don't, don't, don't talk to me about it or anybody else about it. Pretend it never happened. <laughs> if I don't just, just leave me alone for the leave rest me of time. Alone. No, um, <laughs> you're exactly right. I want to, um, Especially, and we're going to talk about that. We, I don't want to put the the car, carriage before the horse. However, that works. Don't want to do that. I want to save that for a little bit later. But uh, I'm really taking this game with more of an approach, especially now since we're creating content for it. And you know, you being a good friend of mine, I want to help create the best content I can. That's going to involve me getting in the trenches and playing rather than just sitting out here and go, oh, you know, and put my hands up. No, I need to yeah. get in there and play. And, and get out there um, outside of an organization level. And I really want to take it seriously. Granted, yes, I'm an aggro player, but I know slants. I know plays. I know stuff like that. And um, I really, like you said, I really have that ambition to do well. And I hope you and I can carry that through. And then when you succeed and win a whole bunch of stuff, don't don't forget me. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Else, or, we'll or see. the little people like us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll see about that. But I think what will be interesting is for our our followers people who do enjoy this podcast and do do like to follow along is that 
Um, I really think we're, we're going to bring you on our journey. You know, it, I, I want you to think of it as maybe a journey to the Galactic Championships. I don't know. Look, I'm realistic. I don't know that we're going to make it there. But I think you can expect in our future episodes to get our pretty, you know, uh, real-time takes on the metagame, on performance of decks. Um, we're certainly going to be... I want to. I want this podcast to remain open to everyone who loves TCGs. Part of our thing at Main Deck is that TCGs are just fun to play, okay? And we want you here because playing TCGs is fun. You like playing them, and, and we just want to engage with people at all levels of sort of interest in competition, whether you're a casual fan or a competitive player. But you also have to recognize, like I said earlier, even if, just like us, you like to play for fun, but you also like to win games, there's uh, there's going to be some of that competitive aspect here. Um, there's going to be that that slant on like, okay, well, but let's talk about what's like truly meta playable and what's not. Um, and and we'll, I hope to have a sort of a healthy mix of those two things, I think, as we're going about this podcast. Yeah, I think utilizing our experience at our locals will be really huge, kind of pull the veil back. I definitely think when that time comes, being able to utilize that experience at our locals, depending uh, mine, I don't expect it to be super large. I'm expecting to grow it into a super large local over time um, with obviously the IP and things that they're doing and how fun the game is. But I think we can lend our experience from our local events through the tournament circuit at which we're going to talk about um, our thoughts on all that uh, this episode and really just kind of hopefully give you that insight you need with a fair balance of talking about stuff like this. And I, I know and and it's I, I kind of wanted to mention it in kind of the first part of it. I understand that people are going to want to talk about cards and I want to talk about cards. But at the same time, you have to understand with with we have so much to cover in this next few months. And we're going to get more reveals and everything else. And as we find out more, I think it's important to touch on the subjects we're talking about. And we're going to have plenty of time to talk about cards and plenty of time to talk about deck strategies as things unfold. So I'm really excited about all of that. Share with everybody. Yes, let's um, let's definitely stop talking about talking at this mm -hmm. point, though. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot to look forward to. So I hope you guys are along uh, along with the ride for us. I hope you guys enjoy and And I hope you find this an interesting podcast to have in your regular rotation of there's so many good Star Wars Unlimited podcasts. I listen to multiple uh, weekly as well. So um, just hope you guys enjoy that. But today what we're going to be discussing is going to be our own. We just want to get our two cents in there, our, our take on the organized play program, what Fantasy Flight's doing. Uh, I think both right and what we, you know, what we would do differently perhaps is maybe the way to phrase that. Um, before we jump into that, I have to just throw out my usual quick little plug here. Two great ways you can support main deck. If you really enjoy what we're doing here, you can like, comment, sub, do all that stuff on the YouTube video. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, we are everywhere now. We're, you'll find us wherever you go. Um, I even have a nice little Spotify playlist of all of our podcast episodes from the whole main deck podcast family. Um, Five-star reviews everywhere are really, really helpful to us, too. If you do enjoy this, we would really greatly appreciate you popping on, giving a little five five galactic stars through hyperspace on us there, and that'll, that'll make us feel great. Um, the other thing you can do to support us is down in the description, I have a link to our TCG Player affiliate code. TCG Player is, of course, a wonderful site for buying your trading card uh, chariot, trading cards, trading card sealed product, whatever, at market value. And if you use that affiliate link, 
It's going to be exactly the same way you shop at TCG Player normally, except you're going to give us a little bit of a kickback at the end. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help us out. So um, consider doing that. That is uh, down at the link in the description or bit.ly slash shop TCGs. That's bit.ly slash shop TCGs. Now, with that all said, Jason, we're talking organized play here and we're talking fantasy flight. I mean, okay, before we even get in anything, credit where it's due. Fantasy Flight had a detailed, organized play program completely revealed months before the game releases. Okay? That's amazing. That's simply amazing. It's really excellent that they did that because they understand that one of the lifebloods of this game is going to be organized play and getting people in there, competing for... um, prizes glory you know every we, we play these games for fun and and main deck is you're right it's about trading card games are fun the other side, side of that coin the, the third side of that coin you know is um <laughs> is um winning you know i want to have fun winning. but i also uh, winning is awesome losing is great for the experience but secretly i'm just angry about it um but winning <laughs> is great and having things to go after is great. And them really kind of diving head first and with a robust organized play schedule right out the gate so that people know that, okay, we're taking this seriously. I think is fantastic. There are some TCGs. There's at least one TCG that's on the market today that has released a second set and is previewing cards for its third set and hasn't released its organized play schedule. Um, we're not going to name any names. But it is Lorcana, and oh, thought this was oh, a safe space. But you, you're sure. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about trying saying something like cute, but then I was like, "That's it's just um, I just think it's a case where you need to sort of be grateful for what you have, right?" Yes, um, <laughs> I I kind of agree with you. It's I have thoughts on that with them, but if, if this was about. If this was our Lorcana podcast, that would be a completely different story. Um, I could expound on all that, or you could check out, um, become a Patreon with Main Deck, and we can kind of see what we talked about on our Patreon exclusive podcast we recorded last week. And we definitely talked a lot about them and what they're doing, what they're doing, um, <laughs> without yes. really, you know, kind of being disparaging. But you're right, and we're fortunate enough the game's not even out yet, and we know what we're going to be doing at least potentially three sets down the line. Yes. Yes. We, I, I do know that I really need to be stocking up some time off right now because yeah. I, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's start at the beginning, Jason. We have C3OP. Okay. That's what it's called. I mean, some of this is going to be like you, if you guys are, you're jumping in, you're like, you've been following since the very beginning. I, I apologize. Some of this is going to be yeah. some pretty basic stuff, but we're, we're going to get to our thoughts. I think as quickly as possible, kind of skim over the basic information and get to the point where we're giving you opinions and, and stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Um, but we do have to mention, so C3OP, uh, which stands for, uh, collect, compete, uh, collect, cr- uh, cracker. No collect, compete, compare. No. What, <laughs> what Contrast. are they? I don't remember. I'm not good with acronyms. I, and I, you know I what? I and I usually make, I didn't. and to peel the curtain back, I usually make a little note of things and it's not on there. So I have failed us. So I apologize. Collect, compete, something. Casual. Casual play. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, find it, it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll uh, maybe Dan can put something on the screen. 
and be like, that's what I meant it was. And if you're watching, you're like, oh, and then if you're listening, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. Anyway, Fantasy Flight has a whole plan where they are going to be pushing casual play and competitive play. Uh, sort of two different lines. And the collect thing is like just buy cards or whatever. Um, and we know so far that they have, they're basically the casual play plans are going to be initiated immediately. Like we've got, uh, starting from set one, you're going to be able to get in on that. That's standing. That's going to be your local level play. Okay. Um, your local level play is going to involve pre-releases, which are going to happen from set one. Like we're going to have a pre-release for set one right now. Um, not right now. Sorry. Oh, but not right, right now. Because if it's right now, what are we doing? Yeah, we're, we're, we're really screwed. we're really messing up. <laughs> we're we're going to have it right a week before the set releases, pre-releases with sealed and draft play. Then you're going to move right into your weekly locals and the thing that isn't going to be able available from set one, but will be available starting in set two is the store showdown phase of things, um, where, which is going to be the, basically the highest level of competition at the local, just sort of basic local level. Um, so on the other side of things, we are going to have the competitive side of things. And the competitive side is where you're going to be earning things like tournament points, which are going to qualify you if you are ambitious enough for the galactic qualifier, the galactic championship. Um, so there, I, I like, they have not to get too into the weeds, they're pretty, a pretty solid little system planned out here where we have uh, planetary, then sector, then regional qualifiers with planetary qualifiers being really a sort of like a the, the select retailer. So they're held in store, just like a store gets to run a, you know, a bigger event. And that's really cool. Um, you have the sector qualifiers and those are going to be uh, bigger events held at like venues, um, larger scale than planetary qualifiers, uh, but still, I believe one day events. And then, uh, no, sorry, I, I, I apologize. I believe sec there are two-day events. Sector qualifiers are two-day events as well. And then you have regional qualifiers, which are going to be a very few per season. So I think their plan was sector qualifiers about one per month. You're just going to have one, boom, 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 somewhere. There's going to be a sector qualifier to go to. And then regional qualifiers are just going to have a couple in every region, obviously, um, that are going to take place periodically, every few months, something like that. Um, and through those events, you're going to earn points and you're going to be stocking up those points. And if you get enough points, you get to get yourself qualified into the Galactic Championship, which is going to be the Worlds. And it's going to be invite, uh, invite only, but of course, with like side events and all that sort of fun stuff that you can go do if you don't quite make the invite three day event. Um, and I'm sure some wild prizes, but we'll talk about that, I think, in a little bit as well. So that's the basic rundown, Jason. So what are what are what did I miss or what are our thoughts? So really didn't miss anything. Uh, my initial thought is like you said at the beginning, I think it's very. Um, I appreciate the transparency and we keep using the same word, but the ambition to actually put that out, that's actually like huge um, to commit. It's our catchphrase, though. We have to it, use it is. It is right now. We have to just hang everything off of it. Um, but it just it shows that, like I said, they really want this to be successful on both a local game, like going to your local game shop, having something to do there each week. Um, local events will organize play kits. I know the solicitation just went out. 
to retailers on what um, they sh- they need to purchase to get XYZ. I don't know how much we want to delve into that, but tying into that is going to be your pre-release allocations, etc. Kind of similar to what other games do, um, depending on how much you're purchasing is what you'll get allocated for your pre-releases and stuff like that and your local organized play. So I think that's good. Um, I also think that it's great that they're going to have large store level events. I think that's a big deal. And I think a lot of TCGs don't hit the mark on that. And we'll kind of talk about that with our expectations. Um, And I'm really hoping that they can really knock it out of the park with that and what we're looking for. Um, I guess my only with the initial thing is I wish we had something going from set one. Um, Especially we kind of talked about it before we fired this up. Um, But they're designing it with being competitive play in mind from set one. So why don't we have something outside of just a little casual local thing going on from the get go? Um, outside of that though, it's a great schedule. Um, I think that there's something there for everybody and it's going to be really exciting to see how it all plays out. I, uh, I, I would love to jump right into, I think, uh, what we wish would be done differently. I think, well, because it's, it's not a long list. I mean, I agree with you. It's, it's just a, this is a, this is a strong, robust structure. I love the support at the local level. Um, I love the, uh, you know, and by the way, they, they mentioned already like prizes, like you get the, the event packs that are going to have like alt arts in, I'm, I'm a big fan actually, by the way, I'm a big fan of, uh, of promotional pack prizes. Um, this goes way back. I mean, this goes way back. I mean, honestly to the magic days to some degree, but like the, the game where I saw this done the most wrong was actually Panini's Dragon Ball Z, which we brought up now two podcasts in a row, but that you can probably expect Let's that. Go. We're going to talk about it us. more today as part of yeah, this. Yeah, we are. We sure are. <laughs> um, but what they did, they, they had uh, they had kits every like month or something that had a promo card for each pack. Uh, for, for, for each sort of release, they had like three months of some different promo cards that you would get, one for participation, one for top cut or whatever. Um, so they would just send you these little, you know, little containers full of cards. Um, one time they sent it, sent them to me. I don't know. They sent me some Metacross promos in like old score Reezy Dragon Ball Z deck boxes. And I just got oh. to keep those boxes. And those were Let's that go. Was like, that's that was super my sick. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I still use them. They're great. Wow. Um, but anyway, where it was really bad was that uh, players would attend events for a little bit. They'd attend a couple events and then they'd have their play set of participation and the couple players who were like kind of tournament ringing would like have their play sets of like the top promos and then they went okay and then they didn't care anymore and they sent so many promos out that it didn't even matter they weren't worth anything yeah they were worth about like a, a couple dollars the day they came out and then they just like oh do you want like to the point where people were memeing and like sleeving their deck in goku's kamehameha promo oh yeah cards. backing your deck with goku's kamehameha is backing your deck with krillin's destructo disc with yeah. um all that stuff and not, not to tell you away but final fantasy does the same thing but they do it a little different um we have stamped promos for the month it's the same card you get a full art or you get a, a non-foil i think they do it better because they only send you eight you can get more if you go through different distributors and um, having it foil stamped in a full art, it's cards that you normally can't get that way. And it's like you said, uh, we, I ran Panini stuff too, and we would get like 64, uh, the Captain Ginyu one or whatever. And you're just like, yeah, this card is played at like one, <laughs> maybe, <Yeah. laughs> you know, and, and, and the way that game worked, um, 
it was like if it was named, you ran it in your deck as a named character. So you if if it was Goku's Kamehameha this month, if you played Goku, well, great. If you had no desire to ever play Goku, well, boy, you were probably not showing up to locals every week, to be honest right. with you. You'd just be like, you know what? There's nothing to chase. So um, I agree with you. The PAX idea, superb. Um, a game that really does it well, I think, um, are the Bandai games, actually. Um, now, Bandai, Bandai uses games. unique promos. That's the that's they well, depending well, on the game, some of their games. I, use I was going to say that. Um, let me yeah. let me backtrack. Um, One Piece. Um, they're just alternate arts or winner stamp cards. Uh, Battle Spirits, we know, do, do their own. They'll do um, cards that you can only get, um, which I'm when we're going to talk about things we don't want. That's 100 percent something I don't want. Um, but uh, the idea of uh, the promotional pack cards is going to be. Awesome. It's a serotonin hit when you open one of those up. It's the the thrill, the surprise. You know that you're going and you're going to get a pack. It's fun to trade those sealed because you can trade it sealed for something sometimes and get a better value at a local or you'll open something you don't need, but somebody really wants it. So it generates a lot of hype, I think. So that is super sick. Um, one thing that I would like to see. So we'll start tossing in some of these here. Um, so a game that people who follow the channel know that we really like is Grand Archive. Uh, what Grand Archive's event packs have that uh, other games don't, that I'm aware of, is exceptionally rare cards that are only in the event packs, um, treatments of cards. So they have what they call uh, CSRs, Collector Super Rares, um, which are full art, textured, often alternate art, textured foil, stamped with a gold signature like just just beautiful cards little hot hot stamp gold stuff all over them gorgeous gorgeous cards and these things are really rare in event packs that said i've seen two opened in our lgs um but like you don't like that's two opened over the course of uh i mean what's seven eight months or something of yeah. weekly locals um okay so like they're not common you uh, and they're not the only value in the packs because the packs there you're getting um, they give have high rate hit rate on foils, which is a game with very low foils instead of doing promo cards. Now, Fantasy Flight is doing promo alternate art treatments of cards. But how cool would it be to have some like alternate art showcase leaders very rarely in these event packs? Now, I think there's I think it's a little tricky because like that adds a lot of a lot of potential value and there are unscrupulous actors sure who will get those packs and open them or or just sell the kits or whatever because of the the potential for the value but i don't know how to add value to something without adding value to something you know <laughs> so like i think it's gonna it's it's it might be a it might be a, a cost that you just have to eat but like i think it'd be so cool to be able to crack those open and and get like oh wow i got like the alternate art leia showcase like another alternate art showcase that's like super super rare or something yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that point, and I want to further that point. Um, what I would not like is exclusive cards you can only get by winning events that are different from cards you can open, as in a card that you can't open in a pack. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 wanna, I think, yeah, that's, I think I understood that, but I think you're right. I'm not sure the right. audience understood that. Yeah, I want to really kind of make that very clear. Um, I, I think Dan is on the same stance. I think that is terrible. I think it's unhealthy. Um, it promotes a terrible secondary market um, where, oh, well, we put 64 of these out in the wild. Good luck. Um, I am um, 
to peel back the veil a bit more. I am a min rarity gamer. My cards are not full art. My cards are not foil a because I live in Florida and everything becomes a Pringle. If I had a card on my desk, I'd show you right now. It takes like a day for my cards to bend because we I live in a swamp. Um, and even in my house, um, it does that. So I try to avoid it unless I absolutely want to. And probably my Final Fantasy VI deck, it's all max rarity. For the most part, I'm pretty close to max rarity. It's triple sleeved. It's like the Fort Knox of decks because I it's my favorite game. And, well, it's another discussion. But it's close to my favorite game. And I want that max rarity. But normally, I'm not. So for somebody at on a casual-esque level... Making cards like that that do different things that normal cards would do, not to say they're not normal cards, cards you just can't open in a pack or in a starter deck or something like that that everybody can reach, I think that's a huge negative, and I really hope they don't go in that direction at any point. Yeah, it's... So I think the other side of the equation to think about is the LGS perspective. I'm a, I'm in agreement. I'm not a fan of the, the unique cards. One thing that people who are a fan of unique effect cards in promo packs will, one thing they'll use to argue for it is that it is quite good at getting people into the seats at the LGS. Um, I generally think that there are other things you can do to have enticing promo packs. Um, again, I, I'm a fan of grand archives, uh, I am, I think I'm tentatively a fan of Star Wars Unlimited's situation, although I think, you know, there's, it could still be improved upon a little bit. And I think given that there are multiple ways to, uh, to, I was going to say skin a loth cat, but it makes me feel so bad to even think about that. So, um, we're not going to, I'm actually going to pretend I never said that there are, uh, there are multiple ways to go about, um, getting the, you know, people to be, to see the value in your event that way. Then one issue that actually comes up from having those promos is that inevitably, I've watched this happen in, in many Bandai games and in universes that happened for a while. They've actually stepped back, I think, from this now too, though. I don't think they're just doing alternate arts now. Um, is they'll have a card come out. It will be a uh, meta relevant card for a very particular... Bandai was so bad about this because they'd put in like, oh, this is key support for your Broly deck or whatever. Or, and it's, here's the Axe Biter in Battle Spirits. And it yeah, was Axe like, you yep, needed that example. stupid card. And it was like, good luck. Yep. That's not um, good. Then that card would skyrocket in value 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever, depending. Um, and sure, the players could come weekly to your local tournament to try and get it. Okay, but we know how card prices work, right? We know how card values work, and we also know how deck building works and how the tournament schedule works. What is what realistically happens is a bunch of players who just need to build that deck because they want to play it locally because it helps them win more promos to have that deck uh, built because it's good because uh, they want to play it at an event that's in a couple weeks um, because they're just not going to make it to enough locals anyway. So why even bother? They're just going to go on to eBay, onto TCG Player using Maindex affiliate link. They're just going to go wherever they need to go, and they're going to purchase the promo cards from not their LGS. In fact, often from I mean, sometimes from fellow players, but often from the unscrupulous actors yeah, who that's are the ones who, say. who opened up three tournament cases and just tossed all the Brolies onto uh, onto TCG Player or whatever, and who who got the money in that scenario? Who really made money from this? And, and to go further than that, 
a lot of those tournament kits, at least back then, did not cost stores a dime. Yeah. And there and now they do. Some do. Um, I know Final Fantasy you have to pay, but it's mainly to have a SKU in the inventory. So when you order it, they can pull the SKU because we had trouble getting promos. So now it's it's like, yeah, it, it's cheap. Um, but um, as a, someone who ran Bandai events and ran DBS and, and ran regionals, it's like we didn't at the beginning, we didn't pay for that stuff. We just yeah. had to have the I'm not going to say the name because I hate saying it. The, what it was the card, whatever card behind accounts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. It's weird to say, but you could get the word I'm trying to contextualize from that. And um, all you had to do is have an account and send it. And then I would get a bunch of promo packs and set yeah. one and two promos for that game. That Brawley for I had judged the second regional um, in in um, Kissimmee, Florida for ARG when they were still doing alter reality games, when they were still running organized play for several games. And I earned 15 of those packs. And not exaggerating, I think I made almost $4,000 off of brawlies and a bunch of other stuff I pulled. It was absolutely unhinged nuts because it's the, the third set had just dropped. The, this was the, I, I don't, I don't want to misspeak, but it's been so long. I think it was the second iteration of the promo packs. This is before judge stamp cards, before exclusive stuff like that. And the Brawley was like it. It was super meta playable. Everybody wanted it. And out of my 15, I pulled nine. And I was just like, guess I'll retire. I have not retired. I have. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> S- someone stole my apes. No. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> not, no crypto conversation. But oh uh, no. Um, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I wanted to use that in the. Uh, I, I meant to say it and I forgot. I was like, don't steal our apes. But. um. Um, no, it, it, it creates this predatory practice from LGSs and me, I earned those. I ran an event. I'm a huge proponent of the secondary market in TCGs. I want to make that clear. And I'm sure Dan would agree. I think it's healthy yes. to have a secondary market where players can trade, sell and value their cards as they need to sell them. I do believe in a fairness of getting the cards to the people, um, in a way where everybody can get it, whether a min rarity or not. We didn't know that that was the direction they were taking. A matter of fact, people were complaining about it. Like, this is not okay. Um, and they were so limited. And we were the second event, and we were like the next 10 people to get them. And as the head judge, I got like a, you know, I got 15 packs, and I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And then they were telling me how much this stuff is. I'm like, what? Um, so when it's, I, I mean, I obviously took advantage of the situation for me, not knowing that. We just thought it was the first crack at the cards. We didn't know it was going to be, oh, well, this is the only way you're going to get them. Eventually, they came in reprint boxes and stuff way down the line. Yeah. But they should avoid yep. that from the get-go um, because you're exactly right. It creates predatory practices. And in particular for the people when the – I guess I'll use the word unscrupulous actors because I don't want to disparage anybody. But at the same time, um, if you are involved in that kind of stuff, um, you're not going to grow your local scene. And you're not going to have good faith in your player base, especially if they find that out. And I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to only focus on that too. I mean, this certainly is a component of it. Um, but I, I like to also say that, you know, unscrupulous actors will be unscrupulous in plenty of, plenty of different scenarios. Like they'll, with whatever promo product, they'll pro- usually find a way to, you know, make the most value for it. So yeah. Um, what, what I like to focus on with that though, is just that, that player desire, um, the, the player 
uh, not even really desire. It's it's a need for some players to have their competitive deck functional right away. And it's not even like I'm not. It's not even like disparaging the player. It's not like well, you should you should be patient. It's like no, literally like there's a there's a major tournament in two weeks, and like I want a chance to win. But they just released this product that's only available through promo packs at my local store. My local has one local before then. There's literally no other option but to go buy these at the first possible opportunity online from a random person. And wow, weird. Someone has 10 copies of this card that just released in the promo pack. Yeah, like wonder how they got that. But, you know, so that's like, that's obviously, that's the whole side Jason's talking about. But um, the, it really just highlights the issue, which is that you're not, that promo product is not getting butts in the seats at the LGS at that point. Yeah. It's It's literally doing one thing. It's putting a financial barrier up to playing competitively and that financial barrier the 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 fine the money itself doesn't go to the LGS it goes to the the person who is most okay with acquiring that money through sure. whatever means necessary mm-hmm. um and that's like that's not something that i think you want to support uh personally it's not something i think you want to support in a in a a tournament structure. So when they announced promo cards with alternate treatments and, and especially the, the pack format, the pack format, avoiding that, the Goku's Kamehameha thing before being mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, like you're going to get some random cards. I think the pack format could be, even be made better. Right. I think they could, I, I even like, I like if, what if every pack comes with two non foils and a foil, like, you know, yeah. like I like that kind of thing, you know, there's lots of little things you can do to add collectability to those promo cards to add to the variety, to keep them interesting. Like every time I get grand archive packs, I'm like, this could be, it could be anything like this is so exciting. I'm so ex- excited to boat. see it. It Well, there's no boats in the game yet, but um, there, there, there are going to be there in star Wars Unlimited. There are going to be things that are very like boats, but they're in oh, six. Oh, space. So, boats, coast to coast. Space, All right. Yeah, you'll get space goats from coast to coast in Star Wars Sick, Unlimited. Let's go. But, yeah. it, you're, you know, uh, you're right. That surprise factor. But knowing that it's going to be something that everyone has access to, just yours might be cooler. I think that's perfect. And, and people listening, I don't want you to take away from this that if you don't like it, we're, we're not wrong or right. Um, this is definitely well, our opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to, once I turn this microphone off and all that, I'm going to message Dan on discord. I'm like, I was totally right. Uh, no, <laughs> um, no, um, you can have your own opinion. You're entitled to, but I think, and for a veteran of trading card games and, and, and what we're going to go into here in a minute is our, our experience in running these events and what we would hope for as organizers and the judge program. Uh, I think the best and most healthy local game scenes have been with that non-exclusivity of the card just um as to what it does being a different card versus just being an alternate art a chase foil a parallel foil flat foil rainbow foils i remember um when um we were getting flat foils in when they put them in dbs packs for the first time as mm. for commons and uncommons we yeah. lost our mind because it was something <laughs> we didn't have access to it was like oh my gosh we could foil you know, and it's stuff like that where um, if they go that route with the promo packs, uh, that create, I think to me, I think that creates more excitement and puts more people um, at a willingness to come to a local and play um, than just saying, well, you can only get this Luke if you win this event and too bad everybody else. That just, it doesn't foster um, inclusivity in all of your players and um, the ramifications with just 
nasty people and how they operate with all that. Uh, it's this is just tangentially related, but can I can I interject with just a, a small, actually kind of hot take? You can sure. so so you, you can Dan. This is here. your podcast. Yeah, hello. <laughs> what do I say? Um, no. Oh, okay. Bye. No, bye. I so we just saw in the wonderful draft live stream that happened uh, the day before we Dang. recorded this. You're gonna spoil it for me. I was gonna watch it tomorrow. Well. I'm not going to spoil bad, it. That's too bad, I guess. That's too bad. I'm not going to I'm not okay. spoiling it for you. I what I what I'm all I'm saying is that we did see our first foils. Okay? Heck we yeah. saw our first foil cards. And um I think they are nice and have room for improvement at the same time. That's oh, That's not that's the not hottest a hot I'm, take. That's the hottest I'm going to make the take. I could, I mean, I can make it, I can make it like Patreon hot. I think I can make it Patreon hot. No, I, but <laughs> I, I don't really section. Someone's going <laughs> to poke that bear and you're going to go. Meh. I don't, I don't actually like, I don't actually think it's a hotter take than that because I do think they, I do think they look nice. Um, what the, the thing that stuck out to me and I have to see them in person. Okay. I haven't seen them in person yet. And that, you know, can always change things, but they appear to be a, um, a flat, well, a, a rainbow foil, not, a, not a, okay. but it's a it's a non textured rainbow foil, um, with white plating on the like text boxes on the mm-hmm. card. Um, select elements, I believe, of of some of the some of the other like the the border elements and stuff. Uh, but n- from every card I saw there, I was trying so hard to look at each one. I saw no plating. By the way, for people wondering what plating plating is, how they make some things foil and some things not. Okay. Um, so I saw no plating effect on the artwork itself. Okay. I feel like so that's something that's I would need I, to have in my hand. Yeah. To like, but like really you can imagine, so you imagine a, there's a, you have a foil of a star destroyer and it's just like the, it's now for the way foil works, you know, some elements seem to shine a little differently, but I tend to think the nicest looking foils have like really slick. I, I'm, I'm sitting in a TCG studio. I have like a bunch That's of cards. I say, don't you have a dang card in front of I have of a bunch you? of cards here. So for the YouTube audience here, here's a, this is a random universes card that was right next to me. I just grabbed it. You can see how Midoriya here is, the character is not foil, but the background is. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. The characters played it out and the background is the foil part. Okay, and the, yeah. the background has different colors. You can kind of see how, you know, it like that white part in the background does shine a little differently than the green, but at the same time, you can also see that it's all just kind of one patterned foil on there. So we'll see. I, I'll, I'll see them in person. Um, I would prefer, and it's a lot of work because you actually need to create an individual file for every single foil that has the sort of white and black plating to allow the process to to work. And I don't, I don't, if they chose not to do it, I don't know if what the reasoning is or whatever, but, um, I would like to see in future sets or as you're saying in promotional product for organized play or something, a type of foil that, that a foil card that actually has more of that play. Cause I think, I personally think when things are plated out like that, that's what really makes a foil look beautiful to me. You get the the perfect mix of like the non it's, it's like almost like a, a 3d effect, you know, the things kind of pop sure. out with the foil. And and maybe that's what the promo packs end up looking like. We don't know. And maybe Could the foils do look like that. And I just saw bad examples. I like, I literally don't know, but like that was my, I saw a lot of people in chat being like gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And I'm like, and I didn't say anything. It's like, 
I think it's good, but I'm I think but it but it could be better, right? There you go. Is, and that's okay. That's my it's okay to it's okay yeah. to have uh, a loftier uh idea of what things should be. Um but it's not okay to say it's bad. No, I'm kidding. Um it's not okay that um, <laughs> no negativity. No negativity. No, I think that um and hopefully our listeners understand that we are going to have Things we agree with and things we do not disagree with. This is not going to be a everything is great and sunshines and roses kind of thing. Um, yep. We, sh- I think we would be um, discrediting the people who are taking the time to listen to us and not being honest to each other as friends if we can't just you know talk about what we don't like. Um, so I don't want to keep going on the foil train and the promo train. I think they're doing that great. We've talked about what we really want to hope for. So what I want to touch on is kind of like maybe our final point here is you and I have extensive judge backgrounds in, in multiple trading card games. And, and like you and, and for the people who don't know, and I don't know if we talked about how we met, but we, I think we did. And we met judging uh, Dragon Ball Z Panini and uh, Dan, myself and one other gentleman, and eventually another gentleman were the uh, highest level judges in the land. Basically we we're the super Saiyan level three judges. And we were basically, ah. yeah, we just yelled. It was crazy. Yeah. We just like, yelled. That's all we, we just did. yelled a lot. And I had to get a lot of haircuts um, but, um, no. And, um, it was up to us to, we traveled across the United States and ran multiple events and it was great and it was fun. So, um, Dan, uh, I'll let you kind of start with this. Um, we know about the local story. We know we get, what's your kind of expectation for what they should be doing with kind of like the organized play circuit at large, getting the community involved, judges, stuff like that. Well, I, the thing that's funny is like, even right away with every TCG, the first thing I see is people asking, is there a judge program for this? Well, like, okay, first of all, yeah, there's like, there obviously will be, (laughs) there will be a judge program. I, you heard it here first. There will be some sort of judge program. Breaking news. We kind of will things into existence around here. Yeah, we do. We do. We did on the last one. And I think we're going to here too. I bet, I bet right after we launch, this is going to be like judge program. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, like there obviously will be right. So, um, there's some elements that people are asking for that are just going to be like givens that are going to happen. Like there, there will be some way to sign up to be a, to confirm that you're a knowledgeable person enough to be able to run events and everything. Um, judge programs are tricky though, right? Every, every, uh, game does things a little differently. Bandai is like the most insanely serious judge program in the world where you, you have to like go through, like, I don't know what it was when you were doing super, but when I was signing yeah. up for battle spirits, I had to like, I had this, um, proctored discord call, uh, test I had to take timed. And if you failed it, you had like one more chance. And then you had to like wait, mm-hmm. um, a, until your 40th birthday or something to take it again or whatever. Let's go next year. Yeah. Next year for you, Jason. Uh, You're- well, yeah. Yay. Yay. Um, so, uh, what I expect is not that because that's like, I think the band is the most wild, uh, one of that, but I, you know, I expect some sort of like test taking procedure and, and some sort of, um, process of getting people into the idea of judging. I expect, uh, local level tournament organizers to be, uh, engaged with as well. Obviously we have the casual side of, of the circuit where shops are going to be basically freely getting those store champs that they get to run. Um, but some amount of shops and I don't know how, I don't think they've said how they're choosing who's going to get to start to run planetary qualifiers. 
Um, but you're going to see perhaps shops that are uh, going, you know, going above and beyond in their ordering and their player base, you know, whatever indication they can use to indicate, you know, there's a reasonable amount of people here or just geographically located well. Um, some elements, some mix of those. Uh, and perhaps, you know, one thing we did in the, the DBZ area was some, there's some pretty grassroots stuff. Like we got a regional in Fargo, North Dakota, because um, we demanded it really hard. And yeah. I got, I, we, we built a big group um, of players in the area and we had, I, I had everyone like tweet at Panini or whatever. And like, <laughs> I know I wasn't tweeting. I don't remember what we did though. We like, we like just got people to try and like make the demand known um, with our, what was a, a big group. And we got to ran two. Um, we got to run two excellent regionals in the area that p- some people flew in for. And yeah. uh, it was, uh, and you know, that kind of stuff is great. I, I love when a TCG, a smaller TCG gets to, gets to just kind of like had these, you'll have these weird hot areas sometimes like, and it was, that was a hot game here. So um, I think you'll, you'll get some amount of that running um, and you'll, you'll end up having some tournament organizers who step up and run things off of the, that's the other thing is they'll run things off of FFG circuit, yeah. right? Um, and that's the big thing that we can look forward to, I think in 2024, where we said that, you know, the sword champs aren't going to start until set two. Now the, the planetary sector regional stuff, that's not slated to start until 2025. Our hope is that my personal hope is that that means first quarter, 2025, meaning the set three metagame is going to have the first, I would prefer set two metagame. If you ask me, I sure. prefer set one. Metagame, I agree. Actually. I agree. Absolutely. But we can hope at least that means set three metagame is going to start to get some of those higher level events. But before then, I I know what we're going to get is some TOs stepping up to just run their own cash events, run their own kind of whatever events they want to see um, that are going to, I believe, attract a lot of people um, to go to these because it's it's what's available. It's the thing that Lorcana can do right now. And yeah. it has some people stepping up and running that. Um. So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of some of the stuff I I expect from all of that. Um, as far as how they support the people doing those, obviously I don't expect Fantasy Flight to send anything to the uh, extra to the people who are just running their like one Ks or whatever during twenty twenty four. Um, we but we already know some of the stuff they're going to be sending as far as like promos and stuff. I expect judges to be getting Fantasy Flight has a history now. We know this like when I I helped run some X Wing and Destiny events and was compensated with some really nice little packages from fantasy flight um, for doing TO and judging work uh, that included the promos and the cool boxes and the cool counters and all the kind of stuff that they, they included in those. Um, so I expect a, a lot of that kind of stuff too. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely reasonable. Um, I think the biggest thing that I would like to see out the gate is a plan for an organized judge program where it's not kind of Calvin ball. Um, I come from a final yeah. fantasy trading card game and um without disparaging the game that I love and will play until it's gone. And long after our judge program is almost non-existent. It's um, kind of like how our judge program turned out. Um, we were just faces say, in the community. <laughs> we, were, well, we, we could do a whole episode on how we would discuss how rulings would go down for cards that were, and you know what? That's I an excellent Patreon a, episode, actually. We're going to do that. I, yeah, that. we should. And you should definitely tune in for, if you want to know some really kind of, I mean, it, the, 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 I mean, pants off kind of off the pants on head kind of wackiness that interpreting how cards work versus what the developers of the card game wanted to work and what how we thought and know how it should work as constant players of the game. Um, 
But um, what I would like is some structure and hierarchy. However, they decide to implement that, but whether having higher authorities within um, the uh, developer team that become your rules authorities, and then eventually you put people in place that have learned and, and known that. And that way you have some sort of anchor to that. And then it um, goes down and seminates through everybody that way. Um, one one issue that I you know see some TCGs running into as far as that kind of structure of uh, like multiple levels of judging is that uh, they they can often quickly become an old boys club at the high level. Oh, sure. Um, and I would really like, I agree. I would like to see, you know, I, I, I always like the structure where it's like, okay, it's fairly easy to become a level one judge yeah. because that's the like base level. Like I'm just get my locals going, you know? Um, but I don't like it when to try and advance beyond that to the point where you are, you know, being invited to run super like some, or to help run super big events. Um, I don't like when that's just, well, well, how DBZ was where it's just like, yeah. well, it's not about you know, who, you know, it shouldn't be about who, you know, you, you, I know you, so you get to be the judge. Yeah. It, it should be that anyone who, well, you know, that was, that was it, all it literally like, that was how it like, worked. Um, we were faces in the community, um, that were active. We were active in our local scenes. And I also think it worked out geographically <laughs> for us. Yeah. I could took like the Southern, although, I mean, I also flew across the country and, and did all that, but, uh, I think it worked <laughs> Dude, out they in flew that me way to Oregon. They flew me to Oregon from North Dakota with a layover in Texas. So That's it doesn't so actually insane. matter where you were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd like to think that, um, but as a, but you're absolutely right. I don't want it to be about a who, you know, kind of thing. I think your work should be noticed and put in. And, um, I do think there's ways they could track it. Pokemon does that very well. Pokemon, when you run an event and you upload it, you put your organizer number and you could put whoever judges. I am a, a, um, a level two organizer and a level one judge for Pokemon, which means I run larger scale events. And for I've also judged smaller to mid-range uh, events for Pokemon. And when you upload that, you put who judged. And that's their track record going forward when you go to apply for uh, a regional spot. You're like, well, I've done this, this, and this. Well, they have that information. you know. So now it's yep. not about, well... I like them or they seem to get out there. I would really like work to be merited for that kind of stuff um, because there are people and I'm one of those. I am. I have that brain rot where I just want to make sure that everyone's having fun playing their anime poker or for us, it's going to be space poker, you know, whatever we're doing. I want to make sure we're having the best time. And I, I used to say it at the start of all my DVD regionals is like, I just want to make sure we're having a good time within the confine of the rules. And, um, I hope that the spirit of that is well reflected in the judge program. Um, but I also would like it to be clearly defined as to how things work um, in terms of that, in terms of when there is a question on things like that, it's okay to have community input and everybody to understand it. It's not okay for it to be interpreted as such. And that's how it works. I think there needs to be a finite resource and an end game in that. And I really hope that um, as the game progresses, we'll have that kind of network. And in terms of that, for the people to make these events go as best they can, because um, you're talking for like individual rulings for cards. Oh, absolutely. Like, like a, even a compendium of sorts. Uh, we get one yeah. for each set of Pokemon. There's always a post. And this is what this card does and what it's meant to do. Almost like a, not, not like a CRD or a fact, 
but just some, it's it's kind of like a hot list. Um, I don't want that word for word. That's not what I'm looking for. But the support is there for when these cards come out, and it's not just left to almost a community's devices um, to kind of figure out how things work. I would like to have a clear kind of cut. This is how it goes. This is how it should be interpreted and how it could be done. Well, that's that's a great thing to bring up. And I think a, a will create an excellent transition between a, a couple of other things that we should probably talk about a little bit here before sure. we get, we're, we're going pretty long here already, but before we get too late here. Um, so we already know that Fantasy Flight is has has talked multiple times about their really, really excellent website that is, yeah. that exists and will have a lot of stuff on it and it'll be extremely cool. Um, currently, you know, it's just got a bunch of articles and that's fine. Like, that's great. Actually, I actually am very happy with all the articles they put out. There's a lot of good, you know, content that they're tossing out there, uh, work in that search engine, uh, optimization and everything. So there that's, that's awesome. Um, but part of this organized play program, I, I expect this website to be an integral component of it in multiple ways. Um, if, if this program is going to be truly as robust and good as I expect it to be, um, then, and actually I'm going to go ahead and throw my reference back to grand archive here as well. Grand archive is the game that punches way above its weight all the time. It's like a six person team doing this. Um, they're about to launch the Omnidex, which is their online, which is what fantasy flight should have at least. Sure. Again, six person team who kickstarted their game. If they can do it, every other TCG company that has a major TCG can do it. That's, that's bottom line. They can, they can get it out there. So um, basically what I want to see on the website is I want to see that they're sort of the, the Omnidex type thing, which is basically player rankings, player tracking, event tracking, event operating. Like uh, their intention is to, you put the events on that site and then a player app will allow you to find events in your area, all that kind of stuff. And, and register for events and all, all that kind of stuff. Oh, better than Bandai's though. Better than TCG+. Right. Plus. <laughs> and I don't want to interrupt you, but will that include their own tournament software? Yes. Okay. That's that's. So I, I didn't get to mention that yep. yet, but I'm hoping the same thing here. Uh, proprietary yep. tournament software. Proprietary tournament software, I think is essential. If I'm going to consider, you know, I, I do this video. Um, I did this video la uh, a few months ago of the top five competitive TCGs. Um and I didn't explicitly call it out, but having a proprietary tournament software and one that isn't Bandai TCG Plus is so bad, guys. It's <laughs> yeah, so bad. It's terrible. If you had, if you haven't ever used it, you have no idea. It's so bad. Um, but having your own proprietary tournament software allows you to avoid the issues that plague all of these other tournament softwares. That like using challenge, do challenge has issues all the time. It's 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 a rough software. It allows you to control exactly how your tiebreakers, your strength of schedule works for everything. It makes as long as it's a good piece of software, it makes it easy for everyone to know exactly how to run their things. There's no difference between oh they ran it on challenge, so that's how third place was calculated. It's different if you uh, run it on Konami tournament software or something. Uh Alphabetical order is what Challenge would default to for a good period. So if you were in yeah. third and had the same record and my game name began with an A, well, guess what? I was third. So stuff like that. Wow. Don't mean it. But yeah, it's just yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's like it's exactly, you know, why that's I think that's an essential thing. So if if Star Wars Unlimited is going to make my my new competitive TCG list that I probably am gonna do this year, uh late late in this year, I I want to see 
Um, well, it probably won't make it this year because they're not going to have a lot out really for competitive play yet. Um, but I want to see them implementing things like their own tournament software, those rankings that you can view online. And what you're saying too, this like uh, comprehensive ruling again, Grand Archive has what they call the index. Every card viewable, rulings listed. They have a comp rule book as well. Um, that is all doable stuff that will improve the organized play experience by making it smooth, making it easy to access, easy to find the information you need. And especially because their competitive circuit is using a point structure, you must have a way to view your points online. You have to. It's not like that's a non-negotiable requirement. I'm not going to, and I say this again with my reference to Panini Z, I'm not going to rely on random blog updates with how on many WordPress. Yeah. On a WordPress blog. rankings. <laughs> That's just so, that is not acceptable. Um, and I'm not saying this like, like Fantasy Flight is not going to say the, have this unless I say it. But at the same time, Jason, as you said, we do will things into existence mm-hmm. here. Absolutely. So, you know, I I'm got that poster for the solicitation at our LGSs literally after we said, where is stuff hitting the, our LGSs so that we could promote it? But, yep. and, and, and also too, um, when we ran that stuff and not to get back to that, we were running this years ago. So it was a different landscape now. Oh, I yeah. do think there is an expectation now that you need to have your ducks in a row with this stuff to be successful. It's not a heavy ask, but it's definitely something I feel. And just like you said, if, if they can't deliver that at a minimum, then there's, I think there's more problems uh, underlying than that, than um, the fact that it's just not there. Um, I don't expect that. I do expect there to be some sort of uh, ruling compendium or stuff like that, especially like you said, um, they're really touting this website as kind of like the catch-all, the experience, everything you need. Well, have an organized play tab, scroll down on the tab. Here's our rules page. Here's a fact. Here is comp rules here is uh organizer rules stuff like that stuff that should just be baseline it's stuff that we shouldn't have to say but we i think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it i think my my just i want to make sure my position is also very clear that fantasy flights so far and and i didn't think i'd be saying this when i first heard the announcement was fantasy flight was bringing this but fantasy flight so far has actually delivered on just about every expectation i've had Aside from starting competitive OP next year, I, I, I kind of was hoping it would be earlier, but sure. But I also expect them to deliver on this. I like one thing I've learned so far is that when they say this is going to happen, that ha- that has happened so far with Star Wars Unlimited specifically. Um, and so they've been saying the website's great. The website's going to have all sorts of stuff. It's just going to be really useful for players. I expect all of that to be the case. Um, And I also think that they are really doing a good job of listening to the players. It hasn't been, there hasn't been a lot of time to like super react to things, but we've seen, we have seen some pivoting of, of things happening early on. If you're following like right away, spoilers early on, there was some, uh, some pivoting of, of releasing uh, certain things, certain information early on just to, and like going out of the way to answer questions that they were planning on um, answering later or telling people we're going to answer that question, but we want to get a certain person onto our live stream to answer it because they're going to do the best possible job of answering that for you and making it totally clear. Um, and that kind of stuff, encouraging to me. Absolutely. Um, I like to see that. And, and- if we want 
to be transparent with our thoughts, uh, full transparency. I, I appreciate that they are likewise being transparent about their process. So they're they're like you said, hey, we're gonna make sure this person is here to talk about this because no one wants to speak out of turn. Uh, for me, speaks volumes to what they're trying to do. And um, as content creators, if we want to be holding them accountable for things they do, um, we also need to respect that there is a level of transparency and listening to the community that I hope they continue through the tenure of the game, whether we're talking about organized play or release schedules, anything like that. One thing that's interesting, just just as a sort of a side note to the whole conversation, um, but just about the the relationship that people have with TCGs these days um, is that, I, you know, I think a lot of people expect, I, I think a lot of people correctly expect a lot of transparency and, and communication. And, and that's, that makes sense, right? Like I'm buying into this product. I'm excited about this product. I, I, I want to promote this product, but I need to make sure I'm getting, you know, uh, you, you can't just be radio silent for three months. <laughs> you know, right. you like can't, you can't do that. Um, and especially when it's a company that's had issues in the past and, and needs to basically say, you know what, like that's, we're committed to that not happening. And we want to, you commitment can't just be stated. It has to be shown. Um, on the flip side, you know, I, I do just want to, I guess, caution people against, um, starting to expect too much out of out of some of that it's very easy it's this kind of slope it's easy to start stumbling down um like a great example like i'm just going to go back to it one more time but the that like the question was about the uniqueness rule early on in those live streams and people saying can you tell us about the uniqueness rule and them saying we will tell you about the uniqueness rule we can't do it right now but we will do it sh shortly and then they brought on i think it was tyler they brought on who who just like just had the boat, like a 30 minute, like super comprehensive, like insane answer. That was really, really, really helpful. Um, and there's, there, it's a, there is a two way street involved here of this sort of like, we, they need to earn our trust by being transparent when it's, um, uh, when it, it's important to, right. But at the same time, if, uh, we need to sort of have a little bit of trust in them if they're showing us that that they can be transparent when they're saying there's something we can't talk about or there's something that we're going to talk about soon. Um, if we if they've earned that trust from us, which which I think so far, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing, then it's important to also be able to back off and say, okay, well, you know what? Like, let's give them time because some of these things we're talking about, like them listening to us. Like, let's say let's say they don't have a plan for. Um, the, the tournament software, their own tournament software, whatever. Right. Well, they can't right now just say, well, there's no tournament software planned. That's a pretty bad idea. <laughs> um, they also can't say that, oh, we're definitely going to do that. Then if you guys want that, we're definitely going to do that because there's like with this, with star Wars unlimited in particular, there's fantasy flight approvals there's asmodee north america approvals there's lucasfilm approvals for like everything they do uh -huh. that has any any if it has any semblance of luke's like pinky finger on it lucasfilm has to make sure it's okay uh -huh. um and some of that stuff man it's just like it takes time and 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 sometimes you have to go you know what like make yourself heard right like make your make your opinions heard but be respectful just be like yes 
this is what we need to see. And then if they say, well, we'll give you information when we can, they will probably give you information when they can. You know, that's that's the point. So just I guess I just it's like a caution to like continue to be respectful on both sides. Yeah, I think uh, without delving too far into it, I think some people develop this parasocial relationship with the TCGs they play and expect yes. that it, the I need this and I need this now and I'm buying your card game. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, things are going to get done as they get done. And as long as there's a transparency that, hey, um, we, we they can't confirm or deny things. We know that as veterans in the TCG community, we understand that. Player base at large may not. So remembering that behind all those things and um, behind all of those rallying of things you need, there's tons of approvals and there's people behind that who see that kind of stuff. So um, caution to that as well. Make your voice be heard, but be reasonable um, and, and be polite, be kind as always. Um, so that being said, Dan, did you have anything you wanted to circle back and go over? I just wanted to tie back that last segment into everything, which is that I, I'm personally, I'm going to patiently wait here. You know, I'm, I'm not going to harp on it too much, but I am going to say that I have made my voice heard that I would love if there's any way to move that timeline on the OP events up just a little bit. You know, I want to see, I would love to see some late 2024 planetary qualifiers start to trickle into a few stores. I would also love to be wrong about Fantasy Flight not supporting the independent events with extra, like if if there's a big TCG store that wants to run a 5K or something, it would be really cool if Fantasy Flight said, okay, you know, like let's 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 work something out. Let's try and figure out a licensing thing so that we can have like some some presence there with some like some like more of like make it, you know, not quite what a planetary qualifier is going to be like, but hey, send some cardboard cutouts, send yeah. some cool promos or something like just get something rolling. So it's a little bit that's the kind of stuff that when when I see that kind of stuff, it's like, OK, it's like this company really cares. I can really tell that they're like they're really interested in like the the how what the experience is like for everybody. Um, so I'm going to hope I'm just going to say I put my opinion out there and go, you know what? They're going to do what they can do make it heard if they if they're able to make something work then that's great and maybe we'll start to see a little bit earlier uh op higher level op stuff like feeling a little more official um if not i'm also just going to trust that you know i like everything has a timeline and a schedule and and has uh, so many hands in the kitchen just trying to just trying to make these cookies come out nice so um i'm just going to give them the the space that they need as well yeah, and to kind of expound on that a little bit, I just would like, I think if my one takeaway from this entire conversation is um, I hope they just send the promo packs to my house and then I have them. <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, I hope. <laughs> We're just ending no, there. <laughs> yeah, and scene. No, I, I really just hope that with the guidelines and everything we have in play, um, it's great to make a commitment, but remember that things can change and I hope they do change. Um, there's always variables to these things. I hope that everyone is excited as we are for um, Star Wars Force Unleashed's organized play plan and getting in there. Force and Unleashed has organized or, play? God in heaven. Funny. Hold on real quick. <laughs> I actually finally got that on Steam because my Xbox and PS2, oh. that all died. And I was playing it over Christmas break as part of my Star Wars homework I've been giving myself. Yeah, And literally game. right here on my desk, and it's behind my monitor, so I don't want to grab it, is my Steam Deck. And I was playing that before we started today. 
That's so awesome. That's probably why it's fresh in my mind. But um, yeah. it, it, I, I really hope that with that excitement that everyone continues to understand that this is a company that has certain things they're allowed to do and certain things they're allowed to talk about. So again, it's okay to have expectations, but understand that they're going to meet them at their pace and what they feel they need to do in a way that's conducive to them and with all the legalese and everything else. I feel like I feel like I I really don't want to end this with I feel like we we came off I think very respectfully critical but a little bit luxury maybe there so I don't um, I really don't want that to be the case but I do think that I mean there's sometimes there's there's people who in a, in a growing community and a new community and and a community based on a fandom that is yeah. a little bit sometimes kind of polarizing and 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 you know like look we've had plenty of cases of Star Wars fans saying some very inappropriate things yes. to people who did not deserve it, who were involved in the creation of a media that they were, they were very it's... passionate about, but engaged at their passion in the wrong way. Okay. Yeah. So if, if you didn't feel like this was, uh, if you felt like the luxury bits here were not applicable to you, they very well might not be, but, uh, it is stuff that I, I just kind of, I wanted to get, I don't know how this is our medium for getting that information out there, getting, getting our thoughts out there. So, um, I, I think what Star Wars Unlimited is going to have, though, yeah. is going to have the best parts of the fandom. That's what I believe. I believe because I think TCG players are, by and large, there's some bad actors. There's some, there's some, we've talked about them plenty so far in this, in this episode already, but by and large, TCG players are awesome people who are here for a fun time, who want to have fun and just, and if you like Star Wars Unlimited, you probably just like Star Wars, it, yeah. like in general. Like, you know, you may have your favorites, you may have your least favorites, uh, but you probably just like all this stuff in general. And you're probably, you're probably a cool person. So, you nice. know, that's great. Um, I just want to make sure everyone stays as radical as they possibly can in this super, super fun new TCG world that we're stepping into. Um, and if you think any of the other stuff applies to you, then look in the mirror and figure it out. No, <laughs> no, there it is. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know, I'm not trying to be that guy. Um, but on that tubular radical note with all that, I like that, that yeah. I think you should incorporate that more into what you do in your videos. Oh yeah. That like more, your next thumbnail, just yeah, get a surfer <laughs> shirt. My shirt has coconuts on it today. Um, anyway, I, I live so far away from surfing. You have no idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I want to thank everybody for taking the time to join into episode number two of Galactic Ambition, part of the Main Deck Podcast family. Did I get that one? There it is. Let's yeah, go. That's true. That's right. um, <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks. Um, I really appreciate my time in talking with Dan about this stuff. I really hope you guys take a lot away from these conversations. And again, let us know what you think. Um, please give us your thoughts. Uh, we engage in the comments all the time. We want to know what you hear and we want to talk about it some more. So please reach out to us. So uh, I think that's it for the week. We'll be back in two weeks like I talked about. Um, I've been Jason and Dan. Thank you so much for having me as always. Absolutely. Thank you guys yeah. so much for watching. We'll yeah. see you in we'll the next see you in two weeks. Take care. Be safe. Hang loose or yeah. hang, hang, hang ten. ten or... Rock on. This is a bird. <laughs> that's a bird.